Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Gabrielle Witkin about how she helps people discover their dream home. The Washington, D.C. metro area has been Gabrielle's home for nearly 15 years, and she has learned the area inside and out, living in the nation's capital. In less than five years in the real estate industry, Gabrielle has built a business that's led her to become the 35th ranked agent in the D.C. metro area. Gabrielle's relentless drive is fueled by her passion for learning about each of her customers' unique dreams and ambitions, and the joy that comes in aiding them to realize that next exciting step. A Jill of all trades, Gabrielle's greatest roles are being a mother and wife. When she isn't working, you can find her at the playground with her daughter, volunteering in her community, enjoying wine, cocktails, or good food at a local restaurant, traveling with her husband, Barrett, or hosting friends in her home in Arlington. Welcome, Gabrielle. Thanks, Virginia. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. So can you kind of share with us how you ended up where you are? Like you're sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, am an engineer by study. I guess I, I uh, went to college in Washington, D.C. and studied biomedical engineering and ended up a real estate agent. Um, but I, after college, I decided to go into IT consulting. I, w- I needed a job. I didn't want to move back home with my parents. So um, I got a job working at an IT consulting firm, a big global firm. And I did that for about four and a half years. Um, And I just really did not love the corporate politics. It was a huge company, over 350,000 people. And, um, you know, I, I just thought like, if you work hard, you'll do really well. And I did well, but it was tough, like the whole political game. So I left there and went to a small consulting firm because I thought maybe it's just a big company I don't like. Maybe I'll be happier at a smaller company doing the same thing. And uh, it was kind of funny because as soon as I joined that small company, it was bought by a bigger company. (laughs) So I got to see it go from this really cool culture to, you know, having a lot more, it just was becoming more corporate with all of its policies and extra activities they require you to do. And it was less about like doing cool, creative work and building culture. Um, And so my work was all remote at that job and it was fairly easy for me. So I just, I was between, you know, just quitting and impulsively moving across the country and going to business school. Um, I wanted to go to move to California and get into biotech because that was um, sort of what I had studied. Um, But my husband said, well, if you want to be an entrepreneur, why don't you try something entrepreneurial before you just go to business school to become an entrepreneur? And so just to please him, I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. I'm going to prove him wrong. And (laughs) I thought, uh, well, what do I actually like about my job that I could use in, uh, in doing my own thing? And I loved working one-on-one with my clients. I cared so much about them. We connected so well. Um, I was really good at the relationship building piece of consulting. And I had always loved, even as a kid, as far back as I can remember, going into someone's home. It was, it's just, 
it's a personal space. It's your sacred space. You learn so much about someone by going to their home. And so I thought, well, I'll get my real estate license. If I don't like it, it's, you know, I can still keep my consulting job. There's, you know, there's not much that I I would lose. And if I love it, I'll quit my consulting job and, and go full time in that. And um, so I got my license and uh, people in the industry, in the real estate industry said, uh, you know, you're not going to make any money the first year, like just prepare to do no deals. Um, It's tough. And I thought, okay, well, whatever. I still have a job. And within six months, I had a a strong pipeline. I had done multiple deals. I was making as much money in my consulting job um, as I was in real estate. And I looked at my spreadsheet with my pipeline and my earnings. And I just said, okay, I'm ready to quit. I loved real estate. Um, I love, I felt like I'm really able to help people much more than I was able to in IT consulting. I felt like I was kind of helping them so indirectly through building systems that would help them, but there was less of like a human interaction. Yeah. And here I am five years later, still in real estate. (laughs) So how did you build your pipeline? That's a great question. Um, Well, I had to look at what is my sphere? Who do I know? And a lot of my first deals were people from my former company. Um, And it's still happening. I mean, I think uh, like misery loves company. Like we were all so miserable working so much in our jobs that really bonded us. So I had good relationships. So I used those, I took those relationships that I already had with people I knew, um, you know, that's the no like, and trust. So we had that. Um, and I really didn't know much. So I just would, I would read, I would shadow other agents on home inspections or settlements. And I would just post on social media because I didn't have much money to invest in marketing at the time. So I thought, well, the biggest ROI, but it cost me nothing to post on social media. So I thought, well, let me just post what I'm learning. And eventually I was sort of seen as people would associate me with being in real estate because I was top of mind, right? Posting regularly two to three times a week on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And um, I sort of became this like expert so people would reach out to me and they were current, the current relationships that I had. And so I would really help the people that I already knew. And then just sort of, as I did a good job, they would refer me to their friends and people that they knew. So it kind of grew organically, um, which was really cool to see. Are you in your dream home? I am almost in my dream home. (laughs) We have been building a house for about three years. We bought a a home, we tore it down and have been building um, the house since then. So we are one week out from moving in and I can't wait. Yes, our marriage has withstood building a home. (laughs) You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if we can get through this, we can get through everything. But um, yeah, we're excited to have what we we joke, we're excited to have new problems to argue about other than house decisions. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) So you had mentioned that you, at least at the beginning, you were using social media, your personal channels and stuff like that. What do you do now 
like has anything changed or different between then and now with getting in front of new people? It's funny, like when you start to get busy with business, you sort of drop the foundations that keep your business going, right? Like once you close one deal, it's like, oh, where's my next deal coming from? What have I stopped doing? And it's the foundations that are so important. Um, So I notice a difference. If I'm not posting on social media, um, I... I will see my business dry up or it's just a little bit slower. And so really I try to post at least twice a week and um, I will use a mix of business. So I'm really focusing now in the beginning, I didn't know much about messaging and who I was, the way I was writing things, who was I attracting? Mm -hmm. Um, And so now as I've sort of grown my business, I'm tweaking my real estate posts to um, resonate with the type of client that I want to continue to help. So what, that could be more listings. It could be a certain type of buyer. I know that, you know, I could write a post to attract first time home buyers. Everything now is about messaging. Um, and so I'm really focused still on social media. Um, I've gotten a bit more into doing videos. So just short reels. Um, and I've had a lot of engagement through that. So I'm, that's something new that I'm, I'm kind of incorporating into my business plan. Um, and, uh, within my brokerage company, so I'm with Sotheby's international realty and we have 27,000 agents all over the globe. And I am at least once a quarter traveling to another market and um, spending time building relationships with agents in other markets so that if I have a client in Washington, D.C. who is selling their home with me and they want to move to Asheville, North Carolina to retire, I am a full service agent. I can make their their uh, experience so seamless because I've got someone who I know is so great that could help them buy a home in Asheville. So, and then vice versa, if, if they have clients who are moving or selling in my DC market, um, I'm able to, to help them as well. So that's another part of kind of building my business, both incoming and outgoing uh, referrals has helped a lot too. So social media, leveraging the brand, and then I am spending um, about, I'd say maybe a couple thousand dollars a month on um ad marketing and uh print marketing so farming certain neighborhoods that I want to continue to do more business in and brand myself as the expert there that's cool so who is your ideal client right now I right now am loving working with a family like couples who are planning to grow their family um uh couples who already have kids or uh i i've really enjoyed working with people who are either moving here to kind of retire or um a lot of my friends who i've helped buy homes here who have had kids their parents now want to move here to be closer to the grandchildren so it's more that like second home buyer um, and this like new phase of their life or this new chapter to be kind of closer to family. 
And I think I'm just enjoying that a little bit more because I can, I can relate to them. I have a two-year-old daughter and we're also, you know, leaving the city and we're buying, we're building this home in the suburbs to grow our family. And so it like sort of makes helping my clients that much more special. Cause I, I can, I understand that feeling of like realizing this dream you have for your family. Mm-hmm. With your social media, do you like schedule it out or is it just kind of like, Oh, I should do that. And then you just kind of whip up something. You know, I need, I have a tool that schedules it out and sometimes I'll use it. And uh, recently though, I have, I have said, okay, every Monday I'm going to do a reel and I, I kind of stick to it. It's like just that thing I do every Monday, I come into my office and before I get started, before I check email, I'm like, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to talk about today? What's, what's happening in the news with real estate? What's a cool stat I read You know, yesterday? I posted about 87% of buyers actually look online first before they even start their home search. So as a seller, your photos need to be so captivating that they actually want to go into your home. Um, So things like that. Um, But I would love to system systematize it better. Um, I've gotten, I've really worked recently on refining my, my checklist. So, okay, I've got a buyer under contract. What are all the things that we need to do. I've got a seller under contract. I've got a listing appointment. How do we, I just want boom, boom, boom. Nothing gets forgotten. Um, I got really into it after reading the checklist manifesto. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of slowly ordering how I do things and I would love to systematize my posts, but right now I'm like, all right, let me pick a day. And that way I know, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And you have at least getting there, right? You've got Mondays. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then usually throughout the week, something cool happens, um, you know, or I try to post a photo of my family. I feel like through social media, it's not just throwing business, business, business. I like people to see the human side of me too, because that's really where the, the no like, and trust factors come in. People feel like they know you through what you're posting on social media and you happen to be in real estate and could help them. Yeah. You're a real face and real person too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I always say like, no, they're hiring you. And so I try to show my authentic self as best I can, which is kind of why I'm, I'm trying to leverage video a little bit more um, because I feel like that's the best way. A photo is great. It's, it's a way to connect, but if you can connect over video, I think that has like an exponentially greater impact on connecting with that person. Did you have any, I don't really want to call them fears, but reservations about doing the video aspect? Totally. Yes. It's (laughs) like, you know, um, oh my gosh, are people going to judge me? Um, what if I mess up? What if I, what if it's not perfect? And it's, I, I remind myself like, what is something you did recently that you were scared to do. And now it's like second nature. Um, and I recently just started, you know, I, I get so many texts throughout the day and sometimes it's so hard. I joke, I either respond like, 
if it's for work, I'll respond right away. If it's for like friends, I'm like, okay, I'll get back to this later. But sometimes it's like two weeks <laughs> and because I'm like, okay, I need a moment. I need to type. And so now I'll just send a video response and people love it. But I remember when I first thought of doing that, I'm like, oh my gosh, are they going to think I'm so weird? And I just did it. And people absolutely love it. And I'm like more on top of my text because I can just be on the go driving even. I'm at a stoplight. I just like, hey, I just got your text. So sorry, I'm driving. But like, you know, let's hang out. Send me dates on Saturday for Saturday. And so the same thing with posting these reels. The first time I did it, I'm like, yeah, you know, am I going to look back and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I posted this. (laughs) Totally. But it's effective and it's so well received. Um, I just, you know, just from my social media post yesterday on the 87% of buyers um, looking online, I had an old friend from the company I, I started working at in corporate reach out to help her buy a home in the city. So it really, and once you start seeing that happening, it validates what you're doing and you're like, mm-hmm. cool, I'm comfortable doing it. And it didn't kill you. You're still alive. Right. I'm still here. (laughs) Yes. So really, this message I'm getting, become Facebook friends or social media friends with all your old coworkers. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Who do you know? Yeah. And then also, um, I've gotten really uh, big into uh, Bob Berg. He wrote The Go-Giver. And I went to a retreat with him. And he's got the five laws of stratospheric success. And it's all about leading with value and giving. And it just completely transformed how I interact with anyone. I mean, I've, I've got it right here. I've got the five minute journal, starting your day with gratitude. Um, I read this quote he, this weekend that really resonated. Um, it's in the Daily Coach newsletter. And it said, if you want more abundance in your life, start practicing gratitude. And it's so true. So just being leading with like a grateful heart, your people can pick up your energy with like, there's like a six foot aura mm-hmm. around you at any given time. I mean, you feel it, right? You can feel when the energy shifts in a room. Um, and so I've got a couple of, you know, I practice gratitude before I go into um, a listing or a client appointment. I have a Spotify playlist called, I call it manifest it, but I've got like a walk-up song. Like if you're going to walk up as a baseball player, like it gets me hyped and it gets my energy like going, I'm ready to do this. So, um, as best as I can lead with value, come with the right energy, like that's, that's just going to make the interaction with your clients that much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better to lead with positive <laughs> energy than totally. Yeah. <laughs> so um I'm a new client and I'm coming to you looking for a house. Is there some common trends that don't necessarily serve me very well that you notice in the new people coming to you? I don't really want to say mistakes that I have, but yeah. Um, I think the biggest one that people will kind of naturally go sort of fall into unless their agent kind of guides them through a process. Um, And I have a process. I think that's the big thing. Like a lot of agents are just like, 
tell me what you're looking for. Okay, let's get started. And that's not that helpful. I mean, you're, this is a huge life decision. And so having a process that you can sort of walk your client through step by step, they're going to trust you. They're going to, you know, feel safe going through this with you because it's a very, you know, you're signing a legally binding contract on what usually is your biggest asset. So I think the most common one is getting started on your home search without having talked to either your financial advisor or um, getting pre-approved with with a lender. And, and it, maybe that's something people hear all the time, get pre-approved, get pre-approved. Um, but I think it's most important because you, especially with interest rates right now, what you might've started looking at a year and a half ago online, you might not be able to afford that now. And so it gives you more purchasing power to have that conversation up front with a lender and know like, okay, if I'm looking at homes between a million and 1.2 million, I know that my monthly payment's going to be this and I'm super comfortable with it. So that way, when that home does come available, you are ready to go because at least in our DC market, inventory is 30% less what it was this time last year. So it's not anymore like, well, you know, we saw this home, we loved it. We'll wait for a similar one to come on the market. That might not happen for like a couple more years. So it's all about like, are we ready? Do we have all the tools in our tool belt to get that home when it comes available? And so a big part of that is just having and the the knowledge and um, comfortability with the price point you're in and knowing like, okay, we're comfortable with that payment. Which is totally huge, right? Like that, and then I'm not going to get my hopes up or my sights set on something that really isn't doable for us. I know. And then it's so hard to scale back too. Like if you're looking at a home that's a million dollars and then you find out, oh my gosh, we can afford up to 700,000. Then it's like, oh no, you're going to compare all the $700,000 homes to the million dollar ones you've seen and nothing's mm-hmm. going to gonna make, make sense or be exciting. Mm-hmm. So I just try to get people kind of aligned with that first. And even if they tell me like, oh, you know, we're just starting or maybe a year out, I say to them like, just get pre-approved, do this for you. This is not for me, but I'm here to help you. And you could walk in an open house in two weeks, just looking. And I've had people call me and be like, oh my gosh, we weren't expecting it. We found our dream home. We love it, but offers are due tomorrow. And you're, you don't have your financing in order. So you just miss out on the home and it's heartbreaking. So I say, just get it because you never know. Well, not only that, but going back to what we just talked about, right? Like it lets you know kind of where you can look, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yes. It's like looking at a Ferrari and then going to like a little firefly. Like it's not yeah, really the yeah. same. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so what are some of your big goals the next couple of years? I am looking my big goals. Okay. You know, it's funny on my business plan. I've got, okay, what is my three-year vision? What do I want that to look like? Um, I would love to grow a team. 
So right now it's just myself. And again, I've got my processes and checklists and I have um, someone who I help, uh, sorry, someone who helps me um, with kind of the behind the scenes. Once I have clients under contract, just making sure everything gets tick and tied and it's smooth for my clients. But the one thing I miss from my consulting corporate job was I managed 10 plus people but before I left and we were so close. Like they're, they're still like family to me. I think I've helped almost all of them um, buy houses at this point. And, but I like, I was like, I, I just cared for them like as if they were my own and I love helping people grow. I'm so passionate about it. I think that if you can help others grow, you yourself will naturally grow. So I would love to become a mentor and, and hire agents to come help me, but also I want to help them because I feel like this is so hard. The, the first few years in real estate, you're just trial and error and you don't really know what you're doing and you just try everything. And some people get so burned out that they just leave the industry. And I feel like I've been through that and I've got the processes in place. Like I've, I've done everything that I wish I knew when I started. So I really want to become more of a mentor and coach to people. I think that's my three-year vision. Um, while also now I'm moving into a new neighborhood. And so positioning myself as the expert there, um, I think will be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, just doing my best to continue to elevate my business and and what I'm able to offer my clients and help other agents um, grow and live their best life also, because it's, it's, this is truly the best job. I mean, I'm so grateful that I wake up every morning and I love what I do. I'm not saying it's every day is perfect, beautiful pink and, you know, pink rainbows and, and, you know, but um, I just love it. And when I was in my former career, I never had that feeling and I didn't even know that that feeling was possible. And now that I have it, I just want to help other people realize this real estate dream that they want to pursue. That's fun. And it's fun that you have something like a contrast to compare it to, too. Totally. Yeah. And pros and cons to both, right? When you're an entrepreneur, you don't get you know, paid time off, you don't get maternity leave, but, um, I would take this any day over, over my former career. (laughs) Over bad business culture. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what do you think is the one roadblock that is stopping you from, let's say, becoming that mentor that you want to be? I would say, um, two things. I think mindset is key. Um, there's, you know, the difference between someone selling $20 million in real estate and $50 million, you can do it. It's just mindset. And, um, uh, sometimes you kind of psych yourself out. Like you'll watch, you'll see all these successful people who have been doing this much longer than you, And you can start to compare yourselves to them and almost feel sorry for yourself. And, um, and so I think continuing, you know, starting my day with gratitudes, I'm a, I'm big on writing, um, daily affirmations. 
and like really feeling that doing vision exercises, like that's how I start my day. And when I get off track, I notice my business drying up. If you take a week and go visit family and you're like, no, I'm going to sleep in today. I'm not, I do these every day. I'm good. You can't do that. It requires discipline. So mindset training um, and uh, being creative right now because I love it. So during COVID, it was chaos in our market. I could be helping a client just starting out and they would tell me, oh my gosh, I have three other friends who want to buy a house right now. I have to introduce you. I mean, rates were so low. There were so many people in the market and now there are less transactions happening. There are less buyers and sellers in the market. So being creative um, and really spending your money wisely on, on marketing efforts that are going to yield results um, I'm really getting kind of um, focused on what am I doing? Like right now is when, like, if you make it through this moment in the market, you're going to come out and just crush it. But it's not it's not as easy as it once was. And I love how fun it is to differentiate yourself and and just get the creative side of it is like, it's exciting. That's good. <laughs> Lemon out of lemonades, right? Or lemonade. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) totally. Yes. So how do you do it all? Because you're a working mom. You have a little. It's not even like they're bigger where you send them away to school, let's say. Yeah, it is not easy. Um, But I, I joke like my team is in my house. So, um, my husband is awesome and he works full time and has a crazy job, but he also cooks dinner almost every night. He's the cook, thankfully. Um, he's just a huge help, which is great. And then we recently hired an au pair from um, Italy. And so she's now living with us and she's just that extra set of hands so that when I am home and with my family, I'm able to be more present and I have less things running through my mind. Like, do we have enough snack food for the week? And does she have diapers and, you know, all the things that just blow up your brain as a parent. (laughs) Um, And so that has been a huge help. Um, But once I had my daughter, it, I, I tried for like three years to manage my schedule. Like I just would look at my calendar every week and be like, I'm so exhausted. How do I have all these things? I don't know. I would just said yes to everything. And once I had my daughter, it just forced me to have a schedule where I'm like, okay, it's okay for me to have business hours. Just because I'm an entrepreneur doesn't mean I have to work and be available 24 hours a day. And people that don't respect that are not people that I align with. And that's okay. Um, You know, it doesn't make me a better agent because I'll answer your call after midnight. I mean, no, that's crazy. Um, so I know I'm with my daughter. I don't, I will not turn. So my phone is on do not disturb from the time I wake up until about 8 30 AM when my daughter goes to preschool. And then I go right into the office and I am in full business mode from like 8 9 AM till about 5 6 PM. And I'm able to get my appointments done then, showings or tours with buyers or any um, 
meeting with any list, uh, sellers for listings. And most people are totally cool with it. Um, I will give them options to meet. So my clients feel like they're in control of the schedule, but I'm sharing times and days that work for me and then they can choose from that. And there's never a problem. I think especially now that a lot of people are working from home, it's very easy to just hop out um, of their home during the day if they need to. And um, and then at 6 p.m., 6 to 7.30 is my family time. And then after that is my time for myself and to hang with my husband. And so I've just gotten very regimented. And, um, you know, I will break that if I need to, but it's very rare. Um, most people are understanding and they also have, have things to do in the evening and they don't want to be dealing with real estate stuff. So, um, yeah, I've just gotten more, I've set more boundaries, which has like made people respect me more and I'm happier because I'm living a life that kind of on my terms in a way. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. Yes. Yes. So what's the best advice that you have ever received? Uh, okay. Well, one that comes to mind, it, I just got it last week and it just stuck out to me. Um, there's a, this top agent in all of Sotheby's, she's a top five in the New York city area. And I got, a, I got a chance to spend time with her last week. And she said, the best advice I've ever gotten was, uh, there are two rules in life. If you just do these two things, you are going to be better than better off than 90% of people you interact with. If you just do one of them, you're going to be better off than 50% of people. And so the first one was number rule number one, show up, just show up. Like if you can just show up, be on time, look presentable, like just show up You're you're already beyond like 50% of people rule number two. And she swore, so I won't, but don't be a jerk. And that's it. So if you show up and don't be a jerk, you are going to do just fine. And it just stuck with me. I wrote it down. I'm like, this is advice that I'm going to carry with me forever. I'm going to share this with my daughter because it's so rare that you interact with someone who shows up and is not going to act like a jerk. And when you, when you are with those people, you love them most. You're like, I want more of these people in my life. So um, that's what I'm, I'm kind of living by lately. You know what? Neither one of those by following it, is it ever going to serve you wrong? <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're so right. <laughs> so what's the best advice you've ever given? Oh, oh gosh, that's such a good one. Um, I think it's just be yourself. Like be your biggest fan and be yourself. You do your best, be yourself. Like if you can show up and do those things, you'll have no regrets. And what what will be, will be. Um but the best thing that you can offer anyone is, is yourself. Right. The real you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people can sense when, when you're not offering that it's, there's friction there. Um, and we're all so unique and it's so, and human. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> to not be perfect. I have not met anyone who is. That's one thing I, came across the other day and it was like it's like our society is so huge on every on equality and stuff like that but that they forget like the individuality 
of everyone too. Like we still need everyone's individuality. Yes. And yes. And like to accept that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I try to humanize as much as I can, you know, like sometimes I show up to work and I've got spilled milk on my blazer and that's okay. Like I'm a mom, I'm trying to do it all. (laughs) I don't need to let that, those worries fill my head of, oh my gosh, what if they notice? What if they can, they don't think I can do it all? No, I'm doing it all. We're figuring it out. One milk stain at a time. I was going to say, and most of the people have probably been there too. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And it's honestly, most of the time, it's something to talk about where you laugh and you, they relate to you and you notice like their guard comes down much quicker than if you come in perfect, you know, very just only business focused, um, Mm -hmm. showing a little bit of yourself is what I found brings me the best clients ever, like for a lifetime, because you connected with them, which is awesome. Um, and they turn into friends. You have the best relationships out of just being yourself and people that don't, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You're doing it all. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, that's okay. I I get it. (laughs) We also homeschool, but that was my (laughs) four-year-old. I got it. I could tell from, from your words and your face. I'm like, oh, it's a kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like it totally, like you were saying, like that just gives you something to bond over and it helps form that relationship. Right. Yeah. Like your kid just came in the room and you had to like stop for a second, ask them to leave. I'm like, I, I feel more connected with you now from that. Cause I get it. You know, I'm like, she's a working mom too. She gets it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I have loved having you on with us today. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to talk about? Um, I think I've gotten most of it out. It is, um, well, I touched on the authenticity and then I think the other one, um, from giving this really changed my life. And this was advice actually, um, that someone shared with me was, um, it's Bob Berg. He calls it the, the law of left field. So there you can be giving, 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 you know, maybe you're, you're helping a client um, run some errands or you're maybe they're asking you to sit while they're out of town and you feel like, you know what, I'll do it. I don't really want to do it. Just give. Do not expect anything in return. Give to give because you want to. And the law of left field is you're going to get stuff coming into your life. Like I could be helping my clients and giving them gifts and you know, I'm not expecting them to send me business. If they do, that's lovely, but I just care about them. And then out of nowhere, you can have 10 other people who call you and they want to work with you because you're putting that energy out there. You're giving and you're going to receive the abundance back. It might not come from the source you're giving to, but it's going to come. So just be open. So not that I want to challenge what you're saying. But what about, because you know how women tend to give, 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 but then they don't take the time for themselves. Mm-hmm. So do you have kind of, I don't want to say caveat, but like advice on that part? Yes. Yes. My coach will tell me often, um, you're here to serve, but not be of service. 
So there's a line, right? Like I'm here to help you, but at a certain point that line gets crossed. And so figuring out that boundary um, and just you're going to learning to say no, it's really tough. Um, One tip that I have used, I've learned to use is I'm so sorry, I have another appointment, 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 even if it's an appointment with yourself to be silent and sit and meditate from that experience. That is an appointment that you have with yourself. It could be an appointment with the client. It could be that you're with your family. That is an appointment for you. And so when you tell someone, I'm so sorry, I have another appointment. I can't stay another hour and hear about X, Y, Z. You have an appointment and they, they respect you even more. Which I really like. And I think too, like you saying like, oh, I have an appointment versus I need to get home to my family. Mm-hmm. Take like totally different way that they'll tend to respect it too, right? Totally. Especially for women. It's, you know, if a man says, I'm so sorry, I have to go home to my family. It's like, oh my God, so sweet. He is such a great dad. But if a mom says that, it's like, oh, well, does she have enough time to help me? Like she has to take care of her family too. Like, how do I know that she's going to make time for me? So we have appointments. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Um, in thank you, Virginia. Happy- You're welcome. Um, I hope to hear about your mentoring program coming out soon. Oh my gosh. Yes, you'll be first to know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, where can we go to find out more about you and what you do? Oh yeah, perfect. Um, Instagram, I'm DC Luxury Living. You can find me on Facebook at my name, Gabrielle Whitkin. And um, through there, if you want to reach me, otherwise, all my information is on my Instagram and my Facebook page. So you you should find me. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.